Thanks for downloading today's episode of Alumni Voices. I'm your host, Josh Van Campen, and today's guest is Dr. Catherine Isco, also known as Dr. Cat, a Canadian-born confidence mentor and self-proclaimed shoe addict, which is not a surprise when we get into this, who thrives on teaching effective evidence-based solutions to help people stand out with confidence and ignite positivity. She's an author, a speaker, and the creator of the series Inner Shoes, which interviews some of Australia's most accomplished women. Dr. Catherine, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, so what are some of the simple ways people can be using this time of lockdown due to COVID-19 for their personal health? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the, the first thing that we have to remember is why we're doing this in the first place, because I think it's very, very easy to get in that negative mindset mm. uh, that I can't go out, I can't do this, I can't do that. And it's almost like a timely reminder that we're doing it for the greater good. Um, so once you have that headspace in that, hey, stop being selfish, think that you're doing this for others, not just for yourself. Hmm. I think that's almost a motivator or an instigator to actually use the time more wisely and more positively. For me, it's, well, I organized my shoe closet and <laughs> I cleaned out the cupboards. You know, I did those kind of things because I was able to. I think the other thing that we have to recognize is not everyone has more time on their hands mm. for some people this is actually a major struggle so if you do have more time on your hands this is a good time to put your hand up and say hey does anyone out, out there need my help um, obviously that's a bit difficult when we have to do social distancing mm. but there still is if you have time to reach out and just to talk to people is a really important factor i think how do you go about putting your hand up to say you know i'm, I'm here mm. Good question. I was actually just added to a group yesterday on Facebook. Um, it's it's like mentorship for uh, health workers. Okay. So you can join a group and you can be partnered with someone in the medical field. And it could wow. be something that, hey, you just jump on the phone if they have to, uh, you know, vent about something that they went through the day. But I've seen even photographs where they've sent flowers mm. uh, that they've dropped off, like a fresh baked lasagna for them. All these kind of things. It's, it's small things that you can do, but make a world of a difference. I also have an elderly neighbor. And I mean, I know everyone in my building and I have all their mobile numbers and so forth, but I check in with them every day. I just say, do you need anything? Do you want me to pick up some fresh bread? And it's so small act of kindness that I think can create such a positive ripple mm. effect so we can all get through this in, in a better way and, and, and actually come out of this thriving, not just surviving. Yeah. Do you think we're going to come out of this pandemic better as a society? Because as you talked about there, you know, you, you're creating these connections and you're managing, you know, the probably better relationships online. How are we going about uh, our daily lives at the moment to keep healthy? Because we probably do have an unhealthy habit of going onto social media and um, keeping connected with everyone that way. Do you think these online communities and simply, you know, saying hi to your neighbor or checking in on them has, has created a better community? I, I think what's going to happen is after this, we're going to realize how much we take for granted. It's going to be a slap in the face for a lot of us is to, to kind of remind us that, hey, instead of just sitting at home on the weekends, binge watching Netflix, which 
let me just tell you, I've done that before myself. Do. <laughs> this is kind of like a wake up call to say, you know, you, you may never have today again. So go to the beach, go to the park with your kids. I think it's going to be a massive reminder. Number two, I think it's going to be a massive reminder to say that you never know what someone's going through. Um, because I think right now, a lot of these things are coming out of the woodwork. For example, domestic violence at home. You know, there's a lot of people saying, hey, great, we can be at home, we can spend more time with the family. For some people, that's not a bonus. For people that are inside domestic violence, actually staying at home could potentially mean great physical harm, if not death. So being cognizant of kind of these kind of things have definitely woken me up to some of the major problems that we have. They're coming out of the woodwork and to be more cognizant of them. Have they been coming out through your own personal connections or professional connections? Interestingly, um, I went to, before the world kind of stopped, I went to this fundraising lunch uh, that was put on by the Variety Club, which is a fundraising sort of portal to raise money and specifically toys for kids of domestic violence. And within this talk, I, I sort of befriended someone and through a whole course of events, it sort of came out that, because I put up this, um, I guess this social media post saying like, hey, you know, when we're at home, blah, 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 do this, do that, and you know, some suggestions. And she messaged me saying, you know, one thing to be cognizant of is for some people staying at home is not safe. I didn't, like, it didn't even come to my mind. So sometimes through our connections, as long as we get out of our echo chamber, which we're all prone to do, we all just want to hear what we know and know what we hear, to get out of these echo chambers and to start listening to other people's situation. It's, I can, I only see this as there's going to be a, a massive positive shift in the world after this. But hey, I'm Canadian and I'm a positive thinker. So, <laughs> so what about people's personal development? Because that is something that you do help with in, in your line of work. How do people take this downtime to work on their personal development? Yeah, I think the first thing is one to recognize that uh, we're in this for the greater good. And two, I think a lot of people ask me what motivates me to do work. And for me, it's that end point, it's that end why. How can I change someone's life for the better? How can I make a difference in this world? So there are times that I don't want to come into work and you know research and develop and so forth. For me, if people are stuck at home and they're like, oh, I'm just not motivated to do something, you have to think about one, why are you doing it in the first place? What is that, what is that emotional feeling that you're trying to connect with? And two, screw motivation. Just focus on momentum. Just get started. Yep. You know, like I'm not motivated to, you know, to do my taxes or to, you know, do accounting. That stuff sucks. I hate it. But you just got to get started. You just got to count down from five, five, four, three, two, one and get started. So for those who might be out of work because of coronavirus, what are some reframing techniques you've come across that might help them get back in the game? Reframing as in um, like cognitive, like as yeah. in, like, well, yeah. So one thing is actually to distance yourself from your thoughts and your emotions. So the way that I explain this is sometimes thoughts and emotions are like an octopus that just gets stuck on our face. 
and we can't see anything. So to distance those thoughts and distance those emotions, you simply have to say something before those thoughts. So maybe, maybe your thought is, I'm so lazy or I'm so stupid. To distance that away from us, we say, I notice that I'm having the thought or I notice that I'm having the feeling and then you enter the feeling there. So it could be instead of saying, I'm so lazy, you can say, I notice I'm having the thought that I'm lazy. So you distance yourself away from labeling yourself as stupid. And why is this beneficial? Well, it distances us from labeling ourselves in a negative way. So I'm not stupid. I'm just having the thought that I'm stupid. I'm just having the thought that I'm lazy. Distancing is that it allows us to actually action something positive. Does it take people a while to realize that? Because the way you just communicated then, I was like, oh yeah, distancing yourself from that is actually, it's quite a simple method. Mm-hmm. But what does it take to get to that point? So it's kind of like, you know, when you brush your teeth, you just grab your toothbrush and whatever hand that you usually use, you brush your teeth, you put it away, bada bing, bada boom, right? Yeah. The next time you go to brush your teeth, do it with the opposite hand. It's going to take a lot of thought and a lot of effort to do that. And that's the same thing with recognizing thoughts and emotions. I remember, you know, this is like 15 years ago because I struggled a lot. Um, You know, I had very, very low self-esteem, very low confidence. And I remember when I started to get therapy and my psychologist was saying, you know, let's use some of these techniques and this and that. I'm like, what is this bull crap? this like mindfulness crap. I'm like, I'm a physiologist. Just tell me about blood and guts and give me the objective facts. But the fact of the matter is, is it works. But it takes a lot of effort to actually stop and be more aware of your thoughts. Because the whole thing is, the reason why we behave in the way that we do is because we're so used to it. It's kind of like brushing your teeth with that dominant hand. To actually change the way you behave, you first have to recognize the thoughts and the feelings that make you behave in the way that you do. So getting back to if you're isolated and you're just sitting there eating, you know, the Haagen-Dazs and clicking through Netflix, you have to first stop and think, well, why am I doing this? What am I thinking? Am I thinking, well, I'm not going to have a job at the end of this anyway, so might as well just, you know, uh, like numb myself with this ice cream and, and Netflix. And what's the deeper reason behind that? Maybe it's that, hey, I don't think I'm smart enough to get a better job anyways, or I don't think I'm worth it anyways. So unless you change that deep-seated thought and emotion, sure, shiver me timbers, you're not going to change any of your actions, right? Darn tootin', you're not. (laughs) Now, you touched on, the, I guess, around your lack of body confidence back in the day. Now, you've written a book called Body Confidence. Mm -hmm. The goal is to shine from within. The book relies on education, not just inspiration. However, your story is an inspirational one. What motivated you to share your story and educate the world? At first, I'm going to admit that it was actually really, really selfish. It felt good to share because I think for a long time, I was so secretive of what I went through and how I felt. And when I started sharing, this was like before this whole sort of wave of people sharing and, you know, talking about it. And I was kind of one of the first ones, I guess, to really open up about my binging, my eating disorder, et cetera, et cetera. And it felt good. It felt really, really good. So I guess because of that, um, 
people always say to me, wow, you share so much about yourself. But for me, it's the only way that I can help others to share their own stories. And it's kind of like establishing trust is, is kind of like building a wall of bricks is one person has to put a brick on then the other, then the other, then the other. And so building trust with my followers and my students and my clients, I have to share a bit for them to share a bit. And that's to me, if we go back to what we were just talking about is, is really focusing on those deep thoughts and deep emotions. Once we get to the core of why we do what we do, only then can we make the change. You know, the curious paradox is that when we accept ourselves just as we are, then we can change. Mm -hmm. That's Carl Rogers. That's not my quote. I wish it was. But the, the crux of that is, is it's only when we admit and accept who we are, all the warts and all, that we're able to change into the person that we are. So we all have to share our stories to grow into the person that we want to be. So can you share a bit about your story to the listeners who may not have known your journey because, you know, you did have suffer from bulimia, you know, you had a lot of binge and emotional eating, you know, you thought basically being skinny meant being happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, to listeners, grab a glass of wine because this is going to be deep. No, I'm joking. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. But essentially, um, after my parents got divorced, I, I lost my sense of self, meaning that uh, a good way to describe it is imagine if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you drop that mirror on the ground and the, the pieces just shatter into a million pieces. So from that point onwards, I allowed other people to put those pieces of the mirror back together for me rather than me saying, this is who I want to be. And as a result, I was looking to be loved by giving away love. Meaning that, oh, you want me to be this person? Sure, I'll be it. Oh, I think I need to be beautiful to get love? Great. Well, I will lose as much weight as possible and be this perfect person. Rather than just being myself, which is what I now am, which is, yeah, a bit quirky, a bit crazy, but that's who I am. And it's really what I try to help people understand is that the, the more they try to hide who they actually are, the less confidence they're going to feel because they're just acting. You can't be confident and act at the same time. You can't fake confidence. Thanks for sharing your story. It is an inspirational story, but I'm curious, how are you inspired yourself? How am I inspired myself? Yeah, is, it, is, it, is it Beyonce? Because those that can't see this is you've got a cardboard cutout of Beyonce in your office. <laughs> So funnily enough, that was for my best friend, Nadine. She gave it to me for my 40th birthday because I always thought, you know, one day I'm going to meet Beyonce and, and she's going to say, I love what you do with body confidence. And so that's sort of like my, um, every time I come into work and I don't really want to work, I'm like, okay, one day I'm going to meet Beyonce. And my, my goal is actually to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. That's my ultimate goal. I would love to meet Ellen. I love what she's doing for the world. But, you know, it's interesting. I think along the way, so many of my clients inspire me uh, to do what I do. And, it, and I actually have, I do this little exercise in my workshops and talks where I get people to write down a secret or just something that they feel guilty about on a piece of paper. And I have hundreds, if not thousands of these secrets, but I keep a couple of them just on, um, like on my desk. And this one, for example, says, the day I signed up for this workshop, I also wrote my suicide letter, talk about perfect timing. 
So for me, these people inspire me because at the end of the day, I was this person, uh, you know, only 10 years ago Mm. and I didn't have anyone helping me. So I know that this person needs my help. And for me, the days that I don't want to work, I know that there's a person out there that I can perhaps even just do one social media post that resonates with them. And that can help them make a decision to say, you know what, today's not my day that I'm going to end my life. And for me, that's all I need to know. Do you think your story resonates with a lot of people and that gives them the opportunity to open up to you? Because you are pretty open that, you know, you started up your own catering business, you're a quarter of a million dollars in debt. You, You don't shy away from these things. And it's, I guess one part, I guess, in the Australian culture, no one really likes to talk about, you know, going bankrupt and hiding their debt and those kind of things. So was there a day in your life where you thought, I just need to open it. I need to be honest to everyone. And I do feel like because you're so honest, it actually draws people towards you. Yeah. I mean, that's what people say to me. It's kind of hard when you're, when you're answering that question from a first point of view, because this is just me. Um, like I'm not embarrassed about myself. I was embarrassed about myself for a majority of my life. And now I'm like, wait a second. I didn't have to be shy about who I am. Yeah. I'm a bit weird. Yeah. I'm a bit quirky, but this is me. And if you don't like me, well, I could be the juiciest peach in the world and not everyone's going to like peaches. So (laughs) some people are not going to like me, but um, for for me, yeah, um, I, I receive the most beautiful messages sometimes saying that, Hey, I've been following you for a couple of years and I just want to let you know that, um, that last post really resonated with me and it uh, catalyzed me into talking with my husband about some of my fears and this and that. And now we're, you know, da, 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 da. It's, but at the end of the day, I, I just don't think about it. My, yeah, I just, for me, for me, thoughts and stories are like farts. Like if you hold them in, you're going to be very uncomfortable. So I just let those thoughts hit. I love farting both in the literal <laughs> You've got to let those out. So given the current COVID-19 pandemic, how has it impacted on your business? Because you're touching on before, before we started this chat, that you've had to cancel quite a few events. You were going to have this big launch of In Her Shoes. It was In Her Shoes. I'm yes, sorry. Yes. For, yeah, In Her Shoes. Uh, but you've been lucky enough that you have your online platforms and to be able to communicate to you know, your, your clients and I guess your followers. So how has it impacted on you? And I'm curious, how are you keeping healthy during this time as well? I've, I'm very fortunate in the sense that it didn't, it didn't affect me greatly. Um, with, with that event that I had to cancel, it was extremely disappointing. This was actually, well, I canceled it well before they even asked people to cancel it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a good month plus ago and I just thought it was the right thing to do. And I'm glad I did it. Um, also some other deals that were sort of in the pipeline have been thwarted and so forth. It sucks, but I can either bitch and moan and complain about that or use that same energy to focus and do other things. So it's, it's kind of like, I ain't got no time for that to bitch about that. I got shit to do that kind of like, that's my mindset. Um, with the online community, the interesting thing is that I'm just about to launch in about six weeks, this new online program. And it's almost bittersweet in a way because it's all to do about developing self-insurance and self-confidence. And I think that's truly what the world needs right now. And the great thing about this program is that we start together and finish together. We form a bond. We have 
weekly online chat sessions. We have accountability partners. So it's kind of like the perfect time to launch this program. And I'm, I wish I was launching it today because that's exactly what people need right now. They need inner confidence. Now the program you're talking about is a 10 week program called wake up confident. Uh, yes. Can you share what the program entails and how people can get involved? Absolutely. So the best way is probably right now um, is just to email me and you can get on the wait list. So with this first launch, we're only going to be having 20 people. Um, it's already 25% full with some of my uh, former clients and students they already have holding their places. But essentially how it works is you sign up to the program, you get what's called a welcome wagon, which is sort of preparing you for the course teaching you how to use the course software and so forth. And then we all start together and we go through 10 different lessons, all about everything from banishing your inner bully to helping you be more social and more confident in social situations to finding your purpose, to um, understanding how to glow from within rather than relying on your parents. So all these kind of things. But the main thing, the main point of difference with this program is that each week you have what's called a mini mission, which is a mini confidence mission. So confidence is all about action. A lot of people think that you can just think and be confident, but confidence is about doing, not the thinking. So each week you're going to have an assignment and then at the end of the course, you're going to have a main mission. So everyone is an agent of confidence. You're all going to actually pick an agent name. And then you're going to, at the 10-week mark, you're going to go out, do a confidence mission, and then report back to me. And that you be a, that guaranteed you're going to be successful. So but what I'll give the, you the tools to do that. Yeah, so what would a confidence mission look like? Because let's just say we're all still going to be stuck in our homes. How can someone go on a confidence mission from behind a desk? Yeah, it's, it's about doing something. It is a bit more challenging now because you can't actually go out there. But it could be that, for example, um, you've been wanting to tell your partner something for a long time, but you just don't have the confidence to do it. Um, it could be that you want to go back to work. Let's say you're, you're a, a mom. Uh, you know, your kid, again, probably a bad example right now, but eventually you want to go back to work, but you're not really sure what area area you want to be in. Sure. It could be that you're signing up to an online learning platform that you want to go into, uh, I don't know, makeup artistry or something. It's taking that step, something that you're scared of doing. I'm going to help you take that first step that's going to cause that momentum, that positive ripple effect that when this does blow over, because it will blow over, you're going to be ready to actually thrive, not just survive through this. So it's, it's actually kind of great timing that I'm going to give you the tools and power up your brain so everyone's going to actually make the most of this. Do you give people the tools to be physically fit during this program as well? I don't, simply because it's an interesting that you asked that is um, in previous life, I really focused on the physical, but the one thing that I, I would find time and time again is that I don't think people need to know what to do when it comes to their physical health. People do not need to know time and time again to eat more vegetables and eat less sugar. You know, I think we're educated enough in that way. What we need to know is why we're making bad choices. And that comes back to mindset. So I'd rather focus on the why behind our behaviors rather than the how and the what. That's as simple as I can say it. 
So this course, for example, one of the things that you're going to do is um, uh, one of the level four is get shit done. So it's all about why are you not doing the things that you want to do that you know are best for your mental health and your physical health. So for example, let's say you've been deferring walking your dog after dinner. This course is going to help you get those shoes on and take your dog for a walk every single day. Why is this beneficial? Not only for your mental health, but also your physical health. And that's going to create a catalytic action that you eventually do more exercise, that you eat better, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think a lot of these social media influencers that are, you know, sharing how to be exercising through this are kind of doing people a bit of a disservice? Hmm. You are concentrating on the mental side of stuff, but I guess for a lot of people on, you know, let's do the Instagram models. It's, this is what I've eaten today. This is how, you know, this is how I look today. That kind of, this is the exercise I've done today. Never really delves into the mental side of stuff. Yeah. I think it depends on where the viewer is at. So um, compare, basically you're asking, you know, if, if as a viewer, I'm comparing myself to that influencer, it depends. Am I using that for inspiration and motivation to make better choices mm. or is it presenting me with a barrier that, Oh, I could never do that. So might as well just watch Netflix and binge. Mm. So there's upward comparisons and downward comparisons. Upward comparisons is when we look at someone and we use them as motivation. So the question is really not about what they're doing, but how the viewer is viewing it. Mm -hmm. And again, that comes back to confidence. If you know, if you know you're predisposed to comparing yourself to them, delete them from your social media. Do a social media clear out at this time. It's kind of like, what are, what are, who are the people that you follow that actually make you want to be a better person? If that person is just making you want to like binge on chocolate because you're never going to be the person that they say you should be, mm. delete them. You're touching on there before about, I guess, emotional eating. Is this something many people would be aware of? And where does it start? Mm. I think a lot of people are aware of it. I think a lot of people, so there's a, there's a big difference between, hey, I'm on vacation and the buffet is open and sh sure as shit, I'm going to get my money's worth, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. you just want to enjoy food versus, wow, I'm really, really full but I've messed up my diet anyway, so might as well have another piece of cake, mm. you know, because everything's bad anyways, yeah. uh, it, which is, I think, happening quite a bit and nowadays because everyone's at home. You know, there's a negative mindset out, out there, so we're emotionally eating to mm. make ourselves feel better. So are people aware with? I think they are. I think they are. Um, but where to start with fixing it is first being aware of the problem, mm. But I actually, I have a course on this. It's called End Emotional Eating. For only $29, <laughs> you can sign up. And within that course, I actually talk about what's called the urge voice. Every time we're about to do something, there's a little voice inside of us that says, hey, you know, you want to eat that second piece of cake? And the question is, is can we turn on our rational part of our brain to say, actually, no, you're lying to me. I don't need to eat that second piece of cake. Yep. And I just have to delay enough time for that urge to go down. Is working from home going to increase the chance of you buying more shoes? Because, you know, you do have the show called Inner Shoes. Mm -hmm. 
you've had the likes of Dr. Nikki Stamp and Tracy Vo from Channel 9. What life lessons have they taught you? And is it true you created the show to grow your shoe collection? <laughs> I'll answer the, the second question. I definitely don't have to grow my shoe collection. It's, all, it's already silly at this time. The life lessons I've learned is, is funnily enough, um, not necessarily from them, but actually through the process of developing this show. Mm. Um, this is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I've always wanted to have a, a television series and so forth. So the process of how to engage with people, how to interview and what works and what doesn't has been really beneficial. And it kind of reminds me that failure, and I'll use that in quotation marks, mm. um, is such an opportunity to learn. I've learned what things haven't worked with the show. Um, but that actually reminds me of how much more I can do and what, what things can I do to tweak the show and make it better. So that's been, it's been a great process overall. How do you decide or how do you approach people to be on the show? Because can you just give a bit of background of those that aren't aware of it? You're driving around mm. in this so, inter- yeah. going shoe shopping. Yeah. So the first, the first uh, pilot episode was actually called driven women so originally we were going to use the comedians and cars getting coffee Seinfeld sort of show mm-hmm. as as kind of uh, I guess the the recipe for the series where the analogy is what's under the hood what's the greasy oily bits behind a woman's rise to success. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great show, but I think in her shoes, as in walking a mile in some someone's shoes, is much more in line with my brand mm-hmm. um, and my shoe addiction and so forth. So the analogy is, is essentially I, I take these amazing women and I take them shoe shopping and I ask them really, really hard hitting questions and asking them something that they've never told anyone before about something that they've struggled with because we really want to identify what are the struggles that actually were the most important parts or the important ingredients behind a woman's success. Um, so the series essentially, how do I pick people is a lot of reference, a lot of people message me and say, oh, this person would be good. Mm. Right now, essentially, I'm looking for, um, we have a couple of people in mind that we've given a proposals to, but again, that's unfortunately because of this whole situation that we're in that's, that's being put on pause. But there's um, a big potential name that hopefully will be episode four. So you need to stay tuned for that. And it's going to be, I think, the best if it does go forward, it's going to be the best and the funniest episode in the universe. So is it Ellen DeGeneres? No, but this person is blonde. <laughs> okay. That's all I can say. Well, good to know. What are three simple steps to starting your day smiling? Oh, good one. Uh, so I have a little thing called feelings, beliefs, expectations, FBE morning starter. So you wake up and you ask yourself, okay, how am I feeling today? It could be, oh, you know, I'm feeling great and I can't wait to start the day. Or it could be, oh my God, I'm so tired. My kids woke me up three times, et cetera, et cetera. Just accept that that's the way it is and things will change. Beliefs, what do you believe in uh, about yourself right now? Do you think that you're going to actually do something significant today or are those core beliefs, those limiting core beliefs still there? I'm never gonna amount to anything. How can you counteract those beliefs? The last one is expectations. What are you expecting of yourself and others today? So do you expect you yourself to run a marathon today? Do you expect that your husband is gonna to remember to take out the garbage and buy the milk? 
you know, are those expectations realistic? And can you take a step back from them and say, are those realistic? You know, is this something that I can achieve today? And remember that you're not trying to solve life's problems by doing this FBE. It's just, again, to remove yourself from your thoughts, from your feelings, from your expectations, so you can look at them from afar and say, okay, now I sort of understand where I'm at. I understand where I'm starting, and now I can take that first step forward. Now, can you share a bit of advice to people how to best, I guess, take advantage of this working from home and creating, I guess, a positive environment because, you know, people can't see your office space that I, that I can see where you've got, you know, Beyonce in the corner, you've got a bright pink wall with gold polka dots. You know, it looks like a really fun, is that a unicorn pillow as well that you got in the background there as well? This is really yes, good podcast. That, that is um, but, my 40th birthday present from my girlfriend, Nadine. She gave me lots of presents. That's brilliant. Now, is it really important creating that fun work environment at home? Yeah, if you can. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to cost a lot of money. Um, it could just be organizing your space so it just feels better to sit in it. Mm. Um, for me, I need a lot of color. I need a lot of light. Um, and I'm very fortunate that I have, you know, three massive windows. And I mean, I've had this pink wall for the past sort of five years. I love it. And as soon as I walk in here, I'm ready to work. It's kind of like Pavlov's dog that it's just, as soon as I get in here, it creates that sort of mindset like, yep, I'm in work mode. And just, you know, these kind of flowers, I got them from the dollar shop for like a dollar each. So that's a $5 bouquet. And, you know, like I'm Kmart and Tarjay-tastic in here. It's great. And it's just creating that little fun environment that you want to nest in and engage in deep work. So there's a big difference between shallow work, which is kind of, I think, what you're experiencing now because you have, you know, your wife's talking in the background and this and that, lots of distractions. Mm. And you need to create an environment that helps you do deep work, the kind yeah. of work that you just get into that flow where bombs could be going off, but you just keep on going. That's really, that's really good advice. Now, that's all the time we've got, Dr. Catherine. But if people want to find out more about you or be involved in maybe the 10-week program, what's the, where's the best place to visit? Absolutely. Uh, probably my website, which is drcatherine.com. So that's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. And that's just D-R at the front. Or you can come to my Instagram, which is Dr. underscore Catherine. Perfect. I will put those links in our podcast notes. But Dr. Catherine, really appreciate it. Good to see you're keeping well during this time. And uh, thanks again. And look forward to seeing what the future holds, especially who is going to be in the next episode of In Her Shoes. That's right. It's going to be awesome. I said yes. <laughs> what a way to-